Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dear Men. This one is a little bit of an extension of last week when I shared my own list of 10 times that men have been allies to me. And I put out the call to the Big Sexy Data Set, which is my group of people who regularly answers surveys that I put out on sex and dating and relationships. If you're interested in being a part of that, just email me at dearmenpodcast at gmail.com and I will create another profile so that you can join the Big Sexy Data Set. Um, so today I, yeah, I put out the word to the Big Sexy Data Set and my community and just asked other women for stories from their lives about times that men were allies to them. And again, this is coming from a place of wanting to highlight and showcase these kinds of stories, because I think as we are moving into a new way of being between the masculine and the feminine in the world, on the planet, um, there's a lot of angst and a lot of trauma that's coming up. And I want to showcase and highlight these stories because that's not the full story. The full story is not just um, men taking advantage of women or men being horrible to women. There is a whole other side of what's true and what's happening and what's being expanded upon. And I just want to get that out there. So without further ado, here are nine stories from other women of times that men were allies to them. So These are all anonymous, and I'm not going to give the names of those who are sharing them, but they have given their consent for them to be shared on the podcast. So the first one goes like this. Back in college, I remember drinking too much at a fraternity house, and a group of three men brought me and my drunk friend into a private room in the house, where they took turns guarding the room to make sure no men at the party took advantage of us. Then, in the morning, they drove us home. I felt so loved and taken care of. That was about 20 years ago, and I've always remembered it as a time I felt like a sacred being who was worthy of kindness and care, regardless of the state I was in. I really love that story because it kind of um, flips that script on its head of the things that can happen in college, and, um, and it just shows the way that young men can show up for young women and, and do. Um, number two, a very senior male colleague stepped up to help me co-author a report earlier this year. This is the sort of stretch project that can catapult one's career at my company. Instead of just mentoring me by giving me advice, he sponsored me by attaching his name, influence, and expertise to help move my project up the publication ladder. He also gave me credit for my work along the way. Again, I love this story because it sort of shows the possibility and the potential of how men can support women and do support women all the time. And I think what's particularly important to mention is that when I put out the survey, I didn't specify whether I meant men as allies in our personal lives or professional lives. And what I found was that This list, as you'll see, it's a good mix of both, and it really makes a difference, a dramatic difference, um, to have an ally in both of those arenas. So I think that one's a really good example of this man didn't just give this person advice. He actually, he was her champion. He was sponsoring her and helping her move up the corporate ladder, helping her move forward in her career, which I think many of us 
anyone that wants to be an ally to women knows that there aren't enough women in leadership positions. There aren't enough women in management positions. And so anything to help women move forward in that direction to me is a huge act of allyship. So thank you to that man. Number three, my husband contributes to more than 50% of the childcare. He supports me emotionally and practically so I can travel cross country for work several days a month. He also is the biggest advocate for me to practice regular self-care. And this woman also added, because in the survey, there was just another box of like, is there anything else you want to add? And she said, also, my brother is constantly kind and supportive to our mom, regardless of how annoying or crazy she is. That's putting good karma into the world. I wish I was as good and forgiving a person as him. There are so many good men in the world. Every day, unsung heroes. And I just want to second that. I think that story is... It's, it's short, but what I just want to highlight there is this woman's partner supports her so that she can travel for work again, like supporting her career. He supports her by helping take care of their child and he's an advocate for her to practice self-care. And I think that's actually a really big deal because our intimate partners can be some of our greatest allies or our greatest non-allies. And I think in this case, it sort of highlights the fact that, like she was saying, unsung heroes, there are a lot of people whose, whose partners are their, their very strong allies and they're able to shine in the world because of that, because of that. So thank you to that man. Number four, someone I didn't even know who was a friend of a friend came to help me secure my place when I had a stalker. I was telling my friend how scared I was, and she was like, hey, my friend Peter is a big guy and very well-versed in this stuff. I think he'd be happy to help. He came over and told me, A, that I should move, and made that very clear, which was helpful because I was scared and a little numb or frozen on what to do. B, what type of taser to get. C, how to change my behavior pattern each day so the stalker couldn't couldn't track me. And D, how to secure my home with the right alarms and locks and such. He did all of this for free. I have never seen him again. Just a random human who gave me two hours of his life and massive masculine support at the most vulnerable part of my life. Oh, and he made sure I called the cops the next time the stalker came by, which I did, then filed a report, and I moved out a week or two later. Thank you, Peter. And this woman just wanted to add, there are tons of great stories I have of male allies, guys who helped me move with no strings attached, sexual or financial, guys who texted me to make sure I got home okay, guys who watched out for me at parties to make sure I was safe. I feel really supported by 90% of men. I really love that story. I really love that um, this man came and helped in a capacity that he knew he could, so he obviously had some experience and... And I just want to call out to the fact that he, he kind of was very straightforward about what needs to happen. Like you need to move, you need to move out. And this is how to change your behavior so that he can't track you. This is the kind of taser to get practical advice and taking the situation seriously and helping her sort of with no expectation of some, of getting something back. Um, I really just love that sort of that sort of spirit. And I think she speaks to it when she says guys who helped me with no strings attached. So thank you to those men. Number five, 
He gave a promotion to a lady in his team that was on maternity leave. People thought her performance might decrease after she returned, and he thought that was a sexist assumption and short-term thinking. So again, this is a short story, but one I kind of want to highlight because it speaks to the power of speaking up for someone that isn't in the room. So in this case, this woman was on maternity leave, and this man, this male advocate, was speaking up for her in a meeting about her returning to work. So she couldn't be there to talk to, to speak to her abilities or her desires when it came to work. And this man was speaking up and saying, I think she should be able to come back. I think that she's going to do just as good a job as she did before. I think we shouldn't make a decision for her. We should ask her what she wants to do, etc." And so he was her advocate in that scenario. And I just want to thank that man and all of the men who speak up for people that aren't in the room, because I think that's a really common scenario, um, especially in workplaces sometimes. Um, so thank you to that man and any man who helps kind of speak for people that aren't present and can't speak for themselves in that moment. All right, number six. When I was 16, I was raped. That's how I lost my virginity. I've had a number of experiences with men who were my romantic partners who had been verbally and emotionally abusive. I've never really talked about my experiences with a man before. Then I met a man that was a friend of a friend and we began dating. He is so present and so interested in everything about me. He held a sacred space for me to feel safe telling my story. He listened deeply and held me with his eyes as I spoke. He acknowledged what I had been through and let me know that it wasn't okay. None of it has been okay. When the Kavanaugh and Dr. Ford trial happened, he called me to see how I was doing. He knew what I'd been through and that it would be a triggering event for me. He's completely showed up for me emotionally and has been present, allowing me to process and heal in his presence. It has been a uniquely and deeply transformative experience for me, and for that I am eternally grateful, for him being a male ally and showing up for me consistently. There are a lot of things to appreciate about this story, a lot of things. I just want to call out a couple of them. One is... um, There are a lot of people who've been through trauma, women and men. And I just want to say that when a woman has been through trauma and she shares it with a man, like this woman said, when that man can be present and listen and, and deeply hold the space, that can be a transformative act. The fact of listening, the act of listening can be deeply transformative for the other person. So sometimes being an ally means speaking up, and sometimes being an ally means listening. So I wanted to call that out, and the other thing I wanted to call out was I really love that this man was sensitive to the fact that the Kavanaugh-Dr. Ford trial can be triggering for trauma abuse survivors. It can be triggering for a lot of people. I found it triggering, and I'm not an abuse survivor, Um, But I think that's one of the things that can get missed in the dialogue is for people that have a personal experience of this stuff, those kinds of public trials and things like that can be really triggering and upsetting. So I just really appreciated this man's sensitivity and calling and saying like, hey, I know this is happening and it's on the news all the time. How are you doing? So thank you to that man. Number seven, 
I just had a difficult day. My mother and sister had sent a joint email explicitly telling me that they didn't want to be around me. I came into work and was a bit distraught. My boss, a great guy, asked what was wrong. The minute I told him about the, about the email, he became angry with my family. He immediately took my side and made me feel very supported and understood. What I loved about it was his reaction to the inappropriateness of other people around me. He wanted to come to my defense and protect me. His response felt like protection and support. I greatly appreciated it. So again, um, similar to the guy that um, helped the woman with the stalker, I think what, what really stands out to me about this story is sort of naming, naming the inappropriateness, naming the fact that, like, that's not okay. That's actually not okay. Or that's really inappropriate. There's something comforting and validating about... Um, about someone else sort of naming, when you're going through something difficult or something where you're not really sure exactly what's going on, someone else naming like, this is not okay, or this needs to happen can be really comforting. Um, and obviously giving the person the space to make their own decision and not like this has to happen, but just calling out and naming what you see as a witness to this event especially if the person's upset, sometimes they're not thinking clearly. So I just want to just name that because I see that as a very powerful masculine quality of kind of cutting through the bullshit and naming, naming what's going on. And there's something else I want to say about this, which is I think a lot of times in culture, it's sort of assumed that women have a stronger intuition than men. And we kind of like, um, assume that, that men don't have a strong intuition. I think that's totally wrong. I think men often have a very strong intuition and they should trust it. And if they're witnessing something or they're sensing something, trust your intuition, speak to your intuition. You have it too. You're not just this logical, you know, machine that like culture would have us believe. That's not true. So, um, I think in a lot of these stories, men following their intuition and speaking to it is a theme. And I just wanted to say that. All right. Number eight, I've had men who were coworkers call out sexism in the workplace a lot, which was really supportive. I appreciate my male friends that post things like hashtag, I believe her, etc. on Facebook. My male friend encouraged me to see me as a leader when I didn't look at myself that way. So Again, this is a story kind of about it, it, not kind of, this is a story about men speaking up in a lot of these, in every single one of these circumstances, actually the first one, she says, men who are coworkers calling out sexism in the workplace that can look a lot of different ways. But one that occurs to me is often in meetings, um, a woman will suggest an idea and then it won't be taken seriously. And then later a man will suggest an idea and an easy way of calling that out is just saying, Oh, that sounds familiar. Sharon mentioned that earlier in this meeting. Just call it out. Just name it. Just say it. Um, and she also said, I appreciate my male friends, my male friends posting things like hashtag I believe her on Facebook. I think that's something I've noticed too, is that when, when I see men posting about, um, the movement or anything in support, I feel, I feel seen. I feel safer. I feel more heard. Um, I really, I think there is something to that because I think, um, it can be scary to speak up because we're all afraid of being attacked. But for the men that do speak up, I know I, for one, really appreciate it. And it makes me feel safer in the world, even if it's something that happens virtually on Facebook. Um, and then the last one that she mentions, 
my male friend encouraged me to see me, see myself as a leader when I didn't look at myself that way. I think that's something I've experienced too. And there's something about a man recognizing me as powerful that is, um, really validating. It's, it's validating when women do it too, but there's something specific about when a man does it, especially in a professional context or some other context. This woman mentioned my male friend encouraged me to see myself as a leader when I didn't look at myself that way. Just that shift of having someone outside you say like, I see you as a really powerful leader. Or I remember once a man said, you should be the one to direct this we were filming a short or something like that. And I was going to be in it. And I was like, Oh, but I'm acting in it. And he was like, so what people direct and act and stuff all the time. You should be the director. You you're, you're a great leader. You know, you know how to make the decisions. You're smart. You're capable. I would follow your lead. I would, I would love for you to direct this project. Like that was so um, transformative for me. And it really helped me see myself in that light. So I really like that as an active allyship. And I'm glad that she mentioned it. Okay. Number nine, last one. Eight years ago this month, I was in a marriage that became physically abusive. I was on a business trip during that time and a coworker that I hardly knew asked how I was doing. I burst into tears, retreated to my room and had to miss the whole conference. Two days later, as I was sneaking out, this man, Tom stopped me and asked me what was going on. So I told him, Tom said, that is not normal. And it was the first time I realized that. He also told me, you have to tell your mom. This was a little strange, but he was emphatic. I hardly knew him, but I told him I would tell, I would tell my mom. Two weeks later, he called. He asked me, did you tell your mom? No, I had not. I would never want my mom to know. He asked me, is it still happening? Yes, it was. You have to tell your mom, he said. Promise me. So I told my mom. And that's when the abuse stop, stopped. It took three months for me to move out, but I would never have been able to do it without the tenacious caring of a coworker I hardly knew. So I'm going to try really hard to talk about that story without crying, but I can't uh, promise that I'm going to be able to do that because I found this one really, uh, really touching. Um, there's someone in my life that I'm very close to who was also in a physically abusive relationship. And I get, um, really emotional about it because, uh, she was able to get out and, and this woman was able to get out as well, but there are some women that are not able to get out. And I'm really glad that that person was able to get out. Um, and this story really touched me because again, it's sort of that masculine quality of, of calling things like they are, like he said straight up, that's not normal. And, and she says it was the first time I realized that. And the thing is that when you're in one of these like abuse patterns, you don't, you can't always think clearly. You don't always see what's going on. And so having an outside person say that is not normal. You have to tell your mom, you have to tell someone close to you can be really, um, freeing. It can be, it can help with the direction and, and all of that. And again, um, this story, I think highlights that, that ability of, the masculine to make a straightforward assessment of a situation and, and not have strings attached. So there's not attachment to the outcome or not something that he's going to get out of it. It's just straight up. Like, this is not okay. You need to tell someone and, and just holding that space and then checking up on her. I think that's the part I found the most touching was that two weeks later he called and said, did you tell your mom? Like, 
he was tracking the situation. He had attention on it, even though he wasn't, you know, like involved with her. He wasn't her boyfriend or, um, sorry, she was in a marriage, so that doesn't make sense, but he wasn't like someone that was involved with her or was going to get anything out of the situation. He was just a man who was an ally. He was just a man who was there and who was able to hold that space and be, be what she needed. She really needed that. And so thank you to that man. Thank you to all of the men on this list. And thank you to all of the men that are listening who are allies in your own way. Um, I know it's not always called out explicitly, but we do appreciate, we do, we, we are listening. We do see you. We do witness your allyship and, and it means a lot. So thank you. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day. 